Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are, whoever we are, whatever you are. It's the Tolerance Super Show tonight. We are celebrating tolerance in all of its forms. If you've got a quirk or a foible, something a little different, something that makes you one of, not one of us, but one of the other, then tonight this show is all about you. We're celebrating you in all of your glory. Suggested drink is a Mai Tai. Suggested snack is a prawn cocktail. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you once again. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show out and thank you for just being you. Thank you for being you, for being special, for being a special, special little individual creature, full of tolerance, full of wonderment, full of hopes and dreams for the future. Thank you for just thank you for being you. You're always welcome here. Whether you stand up to piss or you sit down, doesn't matter to us. We take all comers. So thank you so much for joining us on the Tolerance Super Show. I hope you had a lovely night. I certainly did. Did you keep up with what was happening in Canada? Tremendous stuff happening up there in Canada. You'll be pleased to know. Jamal Trudeau has been re-elected. Congratulations, Jamal. You've proven once again just how tolerant people can be. We'll get into that. Don't worry about it. Uh, I've also got some interesting stories from around the web. Very tolerant stories, you'll be pleased to know. Very tolerant indeed. And uh, we've got some crazy stuff to do with robots and sex robots and the usual shit. So put your feet up. Enjoy. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to express your tolerance, your undying tolerance for this program, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Just like to thank the people who have recently come on board as Patreons. Thank you so much. I will get in touch. I like to send a little note to everybody who becomes a Patreon just to show how desperate I am. Thank you. Thank you so much. At which point, many of the patrons decide, oh, I don't know if this is the kind of guy I want to get involved in. But thank you nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. So yes, Canada, are you all excited? Are you all happy about this? I know I am. To be fair, I was partly surprised. I thought that the Conservatives would win. Um just based on the way the polling was going and it looks so similar to the situation we had and there's always this this thing that occurs during an election where people aren't willing to tell you who they're really going to vote for but I have to tip my hat to the polling companies in Canada because it seems like they actually got something right they actually nailed it pretty much what was being suggested in the polls in the lead up to the Canadian election is pretty much what happened Justin Trudeau eked out a win, quote-unquote, a win, by hanging on to government, albeit in a minority capacity. So he has to 
come up with a coalition. It look it looks like a bunch of people, the really hardened lefties who didn't want to support Jamal and his blackface escapades, which I personally don't have a problem with, but we'll get into it, don't worry. Um, so it looks like the, the real hardcore ones that didn't want to support him moved their their vote to another left-wing party. And then when the election happened, of course, the other left-wing party who they are now voting for says, don't worry, we're going to support Justin Trudeau. <laughs> we're going to back him in to be the, the prime minister anyway. So good job. Uh, you do teach these people a lesson when you share your vote around, apparently. And the guy that you can no longer stand and you want to teach him a lesson and vote for somebody else, well, he gets to stay in anyway. It's a wonderful system. It's tolerance whether you like it or not. The Conservatives increase their numbers in a few areas, but not enough to take government. Tell you what, let's rock and roll, shall we? Oh, just by the way, for those interested, um, starting today, I'm also streaming to Facebook Live and to Smashcast. So if you jump on Facebook and just put the Daily Boogie in the search engine, I don't really know how Facebook works. I haven't used it for like fucking 10 years, man. But I think if you just put the in the search bar, the Daily Boogie, if you prefer to watch on Facebook Live, then by all means... While, while it's there, <laughs> make the most of it. And you can watch on Facebook by following the page, The Daily Boogie, and we should be live right about now. Just in case you would prefer to peruse uh, your friend's dinner options and their cute pet photos while you listen, it's there. Smashcast, I don't really know what happens at Smashcast, so I thought I'll start an account and find out. Apparently it's a lot of gamers and stuff, which is fine. That's okay. So I don't know how long I'll be allowed on there. Not because I'm particularly offensive or particularly controversial but maybe just because I'm not relevant to that website <laughs> that might be the case it gets leveled against me thank you so much for joining us let's get into it shall we well CNN was rolling around with glee tickling themselves they were very happy that Justin Trudeau had been returned to government so I thought I'd pull up this little clip with this um, one of the more attractive CNN news readers that I've ever seen in the, in the attractiveness stakes when it comes to newsreaders, CNN tends to lag behind Fox News and even MSNBC on most occasions. And I thought, wow, this is, a, this is a pretty young lady working at CNN. And then I heard the accent, sounds like she's a little Australian. And then I was like, oh, well, this makes, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> working her way up the news ranks. She's gone from the Australian, the Australian media where they black out front pages on newspapers in protest against the government to working uh, the middle of the night at CNN. So congratulations, young lady. <laughs> Pinochet is telling me there's tons of puss on Smash Chat. I'll have to crush it. Excuse me whilst I crush some puss. For, the, that's, for those who don't know, that's a Revenge of the Sis reference that I just finished watching before I went on. Fantastic show, if you're not following it. Because I want to talk about comedy at some point. Because I have a clip here. And it's just a little like 90 second news clip from Inside Edition. And they're asking the question, is comedy dying because of political correctness? And they do their absolute spin to avoid all of the obvious problems that are happening in comedy right now. There's kind of like a civil war going on in comedy. Like, I'm not a comedian, but I, I appreciate comedians and I appreciate the art of stand-up. I think it would have to be the hardest thing to do. Harder than acting, harder than music. I played in bands for years. Any idiot can pick up a guitar and play a riff. It's a lot It's a lot more difficult to get up in front of a room and make strangers laugh, I think. 
And if you don't succeed in music, like if you miss a note, nobody really notices. Like if you hit the wrong strum, if you hit the drums out of time for a couple of seconds, no one really notices. But if you tell a joke and nobody laughs, everybody notices. It's horrific. It's, it's all the risk and, and very little payoff in that world. So they've taken an art form which is already very difficult and very hard and people should be commended for going into it. And they're making it even harder now by setting all of these little arbitrary rules and arbitrary traps that you can fall into unknowingly. And for some reason, very unfunny comedians are now making the rules about what the funny comedians can and can't say. And it's just something you feel like you're going to have a stroke when you hear these people talk about it. Well, maybe you should just try a little harder. And, you know, I find it interesting that people who say you need to try a little harder are the people that get elevated up the ranks without trying very much at all for some reason. Just because they do a bit of woke jokes here and there that nobody outside of a laugh track finds funny in the slightest. Next thing you know, they're hosting late night television. So, you know, if you want to support comedy without conditions, don't worry about titles. Don't worry about edgy. Doesn't have to. It's not edgy comedy. It's not racist comedy. It's not phobic comedy. It's not bigot comedy. How about this? If you want to support comedy without conditions, if you like it, you watch and laugh. If you don't, you get the fuck out. That's the condition. If you want to support comedy without conditions then you should should be supporting shows like Revenge of the Sis on YouTube because it's one of the only shows that I can watch and actually belly laugh everything else is kind of bland right now <laughs> we need to keep that going so I've got that clip loaded up I might save it for tomorrow night and we'll break that down get into it a little more but we'll stick with the main comedy act that being Justin Trudeau being returned to office as per CNN ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us you're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast Election is over and Prime Minister Justin over? Trudeau remains in no. power, but with a minority government. Uh, Early returns had... Very, very appropriate that Justin Trudeau should be elected to a minority government because minority members of the community would be jumping for joy right now. Finally, a guy who gets us, who understands us. He knows the pain we go through. So a guy who would like to dress up as a minority now leads a minority government. I mean, it's fucking poetry, man poetry and it was it was always going to happen it was meant to be liberal party leading but far short of the 170 seats needed for a second majority government mr trudeau's popularity dropped during scandals oh. over appearing in blackface and his handling of a corruption case now mr trudeau See, it's an indication of the world we live in isn't it the handling of the uh, the corruption case. The corruption case was arguably ten times the bombshell of dressing up in blackface and dancing around like a mincer on camera thirty years ago. You know what I mean? The corruption stuff was the dynamite, but nobody knew about it. Nobody really talked about it. Nobody really cared. As it, they thought, we'll go with the blackface stuff. This is the way we're going to bring him down. Nobody cares about corruption. Corruption. Everybody's corrupt. Who cares? Let's run with the blackface story. Let's that's that's going to be the thing that brings this guy down. <clears throat> As it turns out, nobody really cared about the blackface either. So, which I'm happy about. But like I said, we'll get into it. Oh, we'll have to rely on support from the new Democrat. Look at it. He, he kind of looks like he can't believe that he's there. If you look at the expression on his face. <laughs> corruption case. 
Now, Mr. Trudeau. It's like, holy shit. I can't believe I won this thing. These people are really dumb. These people are really stupid. Trudeau will have to rely on support from the new Democratic Party to get legislation passed. He thanked supporters in Mont choose forward they're getting they're getting even worse with their little political slogans and stuff people like to make fun of <clears throat> pardon me make america great again because oh forward four word slogans how stupid is that but we've we've spoken about the brilliance of those four words shoved together before at the subconscious level because uh it speaks to people's optimism and the valence effect that being you know the psychological uh, trait that most people have where they expect good things to happen eventually. Like if you're playing cards or you're betting on horses and you keep losing, 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 deep down in your subconscious mind, you think something like, I'm due for a win. So it's the it's the psychological trait of expecting a positive result when there's no evidence to suggest that there should be one, right? So it speaks to that. And when, it, when you say again, you're going into, you're reaching into people's nostalgia memory banks. So when people look back on things, they generally look back on things fondly. And they're a bit weary on the details. They're a bit hazy on the details, but that doesn't matter because you think back to a, a time or a song or a party you went to. Yeah, those were the days. Everybody says, those were the days. You know what I mean? So we always tend to go back and think fondly. So when you stick those two things together, nostalgia and optimism for the future, it's a very powerful little message packaged up in four little words. Of course, he lifted it from Ronald Reagan, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Can you turn up the treble in her voice before I lose my mind? <laughs> no, I'm leaving it the way it is. But choose forward. Like, I I don't even know what that means, really. Other than the fact that liberals like to always categorise things in a binary choice, which is funny because when it comes to choices... They're very much on the non-binary side of the aisle for various things. But choose forward, because if you're not going forward, you're going backward. You know, if you're not safe, you're unsafe. If you're not with us, you're a racist. That's very low low IQ stuff. Very lowbrow. Very base. None of this would have been possible without you. Thank you well, for the early mornings and the late... That's, that's generally what happens in an election, Justin. ...nights. You've sacrificed a lot, taking time away from your families and friends yep. to move Canada forward. <laughs> CNN's Paula Newton is at Trudeau headquarters in Montreal. She joins us now. So, Paula, despite what do you got the for scandals us, confronting Justin Trudeau, he appears to have pulled off a win, although with a minority government. Yep. How able to do that? And what might this mean for his national and international standing? <laughs> what might this mean for his international standing? It can't get any worse. He's already looked on as a bit of a joke. Nobody really takes him seriously. Have you noticed, if you're in another country other than Canada, you would have noticed this. Three years ago, all of the progressive-type politicians and all of the progressive commentators pointed to Justin Trudeau as the saviour. He is the beacon. He is the guy that's going to lead this movement into the future. You know, if only we could all be a little bit more like Justin Trudeau, then we would dominate elections. We would wipe out the conservatives. We would cure racism. 
We would get all of these wonderful things done and all of the wonderful progress that we want just like that. But have you noticed over the last 12 months or so, even the last 18 months, those kinds of glowing pronouncements have seemed to slip from the daily conversation just a touch, just a tad. It seems people are no longer comfortable calling on Justin Trudeau. People are no longer willing to say that Justin Trudeau is the next reincarnation of a progressive god. You know, the the corporate media no longer really refers to him in such glowing terms. More often than not, they just ignore him like he's not there. Other world leaders uh, openly mock him, openly dismiss his ideas, ignore him completely when they go to those little meetings. I'm sure you've seen all of that footage. (laughs) It's funny that they present this like, oh, well, because he wore blackface now, I think a lot of people around the world are going to look at him a lot differently. It's like, well, no, if anything, he's getting looked at a lot better. (laughs) Because now they're going to say, holy shit, he survived that and is still Prime Minister. This guy must have something. He must have talent. He must be able to bullshit with the best of them to get through that onslaught. Well, it's interesting, you know, that that tour of atonement, as I call it, the contrition. It it was very quick. It was very pointed. And I think many in Canada ended up forgiving him because they do not believe he or his uh, policies are racist. (laughs) He apologized, guys. All is forgiven. All is well. All is fine. No need to get upset. You know, when the third video came out, Justin was very quick to front the cameras and say how deeply sorry he was, how deeply regrettable he felt. It was it was the apology tour of 2019. Um, what is going on here? I've lost my screen for some reason. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, dear. Well, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. Um, okay, let me try something. Bear with me, folks. My sincerest apologies. Um, okay. Well, this is very exciting for you out there in the audience, I'm sure. Oh, my. It's going to be a quick fix. Nope, that won't do it. (laughs) God. Because I don't want to have to stop and restart the stream. That's the problem. So, like, I've had something crash on this side. And I might not be able to get it back unless I stop and restart, which I really don't want to do. Um, God, maybe there's a way around it. Give it a go. Very entertaining stuff. Okay, let's try this. Start that one. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to stop and restart. Otherwise, we won't have screens. This is great. Welcome to, to the Facebook Live listeners. Welcome to the Daily Boogie. 
<laughs> you're, thank you for joining us on the Daily Boogie Show. Uh, thank you to the viewers on Smashcast. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to entertain you this one time. I know you'll never be back, but on your way out, if you could just leave a comment and a like and invite your friends. Invite your friends and tell them about this very professional production we have running here. Yes, I think we're back. I think we're back. I'll just reshare it out again. We'll do this all again, shall we? <laughs> so sorry for the interruption. But we are back now. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen, where nothing ever goes wrong all the time. I think the I think the YouTube stream just can, continues going, but only the um the Periscope one has to stop and restart. So we'll see how we go this time. Let's pop him up there. And we will pop him up there. That was fast. We're back. No worries. Um. So where were we? Justin Trudeau's image. Yeah, I don't think it can get any worse. Oh, yes, that's right. The apologies, ladies and gentlemen. So, like, what this shows to me is something that I think is great and I think it's been overlooked by a lot of people and it's something you should be happy about this election one if you're a Canadian and you hate Justin Trudeau don't stress because now he doesn't have the same kind of power that he did before so there's going to be he's going to have to try a lot harder to wreck your country in the future right so that's the first thing to keep in mind but the second thing here is we now we now have the the most perfect example to show to anybody who at any time in the future wants to talk about things that you might have done in the past, who wants to talk about, you know, quote unquote, offensive things that might have happened in a previous time. And you can now say to people, yes, but it doesn't matter because you don't really care. Because this shows everybody that it's plainly obvious that they don't really care about blackface which is something that a lot of people, myself included, have been saying for a long time, that they shouldn't. And now if they try to tell you that they do care about blackface, you just ask them, well, what about Justin Trudeau? You will be told that, well, he apologised pretty early on, so that's different. I mean, he showed a lot of remorse, so that's fine. But I thought that an entire person's history was up for grabs, right? I thought we could go back into high school yearbooks and lynch people. I thought we could go through 10-year-old tweets and get people fired. I thought that was the new normal, but it's not. I thought that there were certain things that someone who was elected to public office must never do because you can never be forgiven for that, right? But clearly, they don't care. They aren't enraged. The progressive outrage machine is a teeny tiny little minority. Teeny tiny little minority of media cohorts and loudly speaking people on social media and sometimes in the public. But outside of that, there's really nothing to them. There's really nothing going on. And the new rules that some people have been constructing for us in the Western world over the last 20 or 30 years, just like that, with the election of Justin Trudeau, cease to exist. They're gone. They're finished. Any person now 
on the right or the left who has something questionable come up about their past and they're running for office or trying to get re-elected or they're going for a job, everything now is back reset to zero thanks to Justin Trudeau. Did you send out some kind of, uh, you know, phobic tweet 10 years ago? Guess what? You don't have to grovel and apologise. The Prime Minister of Canada was filmed multiple times dancing around in blackface and he still got he still got to keep his job, right? So you don't need to grovel because they don't really care. If they really cared, he wouldn't be there now. His election proves that the same people who get really upset about this stuff really don't give a fuck when push comes to shove. They don't care. They're not interested. It's really not that big of a deal. It's only a big deal for the people who make it a big deal and the people who make it a big deal aren't a bigger deal enough to get even a world leader taken out of office because of it. Their outrage amounts to nothing. Their moral indignation amounts to squat. Their continued persistence that certain things are now taboo and must never be touched amounts to sweet fuck all. They have no real power and nobody's really listening to them. All of these things are proven by the election of Justin Trudeau. And I, for one, I'm over the moon. Because now you can see that everything that you've been told over the last 20 years in terms of causing offence and doing harm to people it has been a complete and utter lie. Because if it was true, he wouldn't be there. And that's all you need to say to people who try to tell you otherwise. Because, of course, tomorrow they're going to try and switch the story back. They're going to say tomorrow, well, this is different. They're already putting the qualifiers in now. Oh, he apologised, etc., etc. So people, people forgave him. But you don't have to. <laughs> and you don't have to forgive them for making it seem... Like there were certain unbreakable taboos in modern society that must never be touched. It doesn't have to be that way. Having said that, Rosemary, there were a list of other scandals that he was trying to overcome that had to do with governing. So certainly the shine had come off his oh, political the brand. Stuff. The issue here, Rosemary, were his opponents. They just were not strong enough to capitalize on any of that. And, and Rosemary, to remind everyone, Canada is riding a very strong economy right now. A lot of that has to do with the strong U.S. economy. But in any case, things are good. In Pretty much all of it has to do with the strong U.S. economy. <laughs> Pretty much all of it. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Well, things are going pretty well, eh? But, you know, there are, I guess we could give a little bit of credit to the uh, American economy. I guess, I suppose. I suppose so, if we have to. Worst Canadian accent on record, by the way. Oh, just a little bit of credit, I guess, has to go to the Americans. They would never vote for a blackface guy. In Canada right now, you know, we have historically low unemployment rates. The economy continues to grow a little bit tepid, but does, uh, you know, continue to grow. And that definitely had something to do Isn't with it. The suave. issue now, Isn't Rosemary, cool? and you said it with that minority government. He is weakened both at home and that means he will be weakened abroad in terms of what he can do, say for one specific issue, and that's on climate. Canadians spoke loud and clear this time around, Rosemary. Really? They do want action on the climate. Ah, action, 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 action. 
They never say what the action is. It's got to be my most hated sentence right now. Action on climate change. It's always been action on climate change. Nobody tells you what the action is. They don't even care. People march in the streets demanding action and they have no idea what they're demanding. They have no idea what they're chanting for. They just want action. Well, if you vote for us, you'll get action on climate change. What kind of action? I don't care. It's action. He's doing something. He's doing something, you madman. Isn't doing something better than nothing? Uh, Not always. We demand action. What kind of action? I don't know. I don't know. You should plant some trees and shit, I guess. Can you tax us, please? Can you tax the companies a lot so we have to pay extra amounts for energy? Can you do that? I'm not really in favor of, of that. You know, times are tough. Action on climate change. The people spoke loudly. And isn't it funny? So he's been returned with a reduced... Well, he's been returned to a minority government, right? So he's no longer governing in his own right. Can you see the spin starting already? What audacity to come out and claim that that's a mandate on anything? Wait, 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 wait. So he's only the prime minister because he lost a whole bunch of seats and a whole bunch of other parties are now going to back him in to be, be to be stay as the prime minister? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. <clears throat> well, I guess he can do whatever he wants especially on climate change, because the people want action. The people demanded action in this election, and this is a clear mandate to the Trudeau government that we need action on climate change. See, we're already just moving the direction. We're moving the conversation to the next issue. We're moving it to the next thing. <clears throat> okay, what do we? how do we spin the news in the 24 hours directly after an election campaign? We need a new issue to tackle. we got to tackle climate change. We need action on climate change. Thanks to this election, I will now dedicate every waking moment to climate change. As soon as he walks out of the room, he's like, yep, that'll keep him occupied for a couple of years. We'll blame, we'll blame all of the people who are voting against us in the parliament because now we're in a minority government. So we'll blame the rest of the people for not backing our action on climate change, for standing against action on climate change. And then we'll hopefully win uh, government back outright next election by spending the next four years or so bitching about action on climate change and how people aren't doing enough for action on climate change. You can see it already. Crisis, and even if that means in some way, shape, or form, it coming right out of their wallets. Wow. And Paula, now Bold with a claim from CNN. government, can Canadians expect to see... Some- <laughs> Bold claim. The Canadian people are apparently falling over themselves to hand to shovel money into the government's coffers to do action on climate change. Even it... <clears throat> Even if I was the most progressive progressive, knowing what we know with just how unpopular the climate change movement and activism has become over the last even just month, I wouldn't have the audacity to come out and say, well, the Canadian citizens just can't wait to pay higher taxes to save the earth. (laughs) It's so plainly false. It's so plainly not true. People are running 100 miles an hour away from climate change. This is a manufactured crisis. This is a manuf... I'm talking about the media spin here. Greta Thunberg, her timely pronouncements to the UN just before the Canadian election, ladies and gentlemen. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. Right? So they can talk about climate change, climate change, climate change in the run-up to the Canadian election. 
got a great I've got a great video here I'll have to share with you. For those who haven't seen it before. Let me show you this. This will blow your mind if you haven't seen it before. I'm sure most people are familiar with who Chris Moncton is. I'm not getting I'm not going to get into the the science of climate change and stuff. I'm not I'm not a scientist, so that's not what I'm here for. But this is fascinating. So, back in 2015, when Stephen Harper was still the Prime Minister of Canada, and the Prime Minister here was a guy named Tony Abbott. This was just before the most recent signing of a declaration, the Paris Agreement, right? Which you'll remember Donald Trump took the United States out of. So just before the signing of this Paris Agreement, before Justin Trudeau was elected and before Tony Abbott was removed from office, Chris Moncton gave this speech to a bunch of uh, Conservative Party members down here in Australia. And he literally predicted the future as to what was going to happen to the Prime Minister of Canada and the Prime Minister of Australia in regards to the climate change issue. And I want you to keep this in mind when you think about Greta Thunberg being rolled out just a few days before the Canadian election, which gives the Canadian press the opportunity to talk about climate change constantly, which gives the Canadian press the opportunity to, whilst uh, people are talking about the corruption scandals in the Trudeau government, turn it about, well, the Trudeau government has a big plan to tackle climate change. The Trudeau government has a plan to, uh, you know, have forced some kind of action on climate change and then refer back to the Trudeau election policies on climate change. And now following the election, they can say, well, the, the you know, the Canadian people, they really were concerned about climate change. Look at all the clicks we got on these articles. They really wanted to talk about climate change. So keep that in mind when you watch this clip from back in 2015, from before Justin Trudeau was elected by Chris Moncton. Have a look. Now, Tony Abbott is a very good man. That's the Prime Minister of Australia. Known to the Tony Abbott of the, was the Prime Minister of Australia at the time, and he was also against signing the Paris Agreement, and as was Stephen Harper, the previous Conservative Prime Minister of Canada, was against signing the Paris Agreement. ...of darkness to be a very good man. They hate him. And when Sir David King, the scientifically illiterate chemist who is for some reason uh, William Hague's climate change ambassador for the United Kingdom going round very quietly all the nations of the world trying to persuade them that come Paris they must all vote yes to the treaty because otherwise we're going to get four Celsius of warming over the next hundred years and the world will end and the sea level will rise and it will all be doom and gloom. He was asked by the environmentalist committee of the House of Commons in May of this year, whether all the nations of the world were now in principle ready to sign their people's rights away in such a treaty. And he said, oh yes, but there are two standouts. Here it comes. One is Canada. But don't worry about Canada, he said, they've got an election in the spring of 2015 and we and the UN will make sure that the present government is removed. <laughs> Following this speech, at the next election in Canada, the Conservative government was removed, replaced by Justin Trudeau, the good-looking party boy, the substitute teacher, the snow, the skiing instructor, 
who his first order of business was to sign Canada up to the big climate change deal, the big Paris Agreement. So that happened. As the guy said in the UN meetings, remember Greta Thunberg just a few days before the Canadian election, ladies and gentlemen, talking about climate change. So the press can write nothing but climate change stories and then claim that everybody's really concerned about climate change. He was quite blunt about it. And the other holdout... So I'll show you again. Great eyes, yes. One is Canada. But don't worry about Canada, he said. They. Steve Buscemi's long-lost brother, I think, is, is Lord Moncton. There are two standouts. One is Canada. But don't worry about Canada, he said. They've got an election in the spring of 2015. And we and the UN will make sure that the present government is removed. He was quite blunt about it. And the other holdout was Australia. Now have a listen to And this. Australia, he can't do anything about because Tony Abbott is in office until after the December 2015 conference. Or is he? So that means you all, first of all, need to guard Tony Abbott's back. We didn't. Because the Turnbull faction, in conjunction with the UN, will be doing their absolute level best <laughs> to remove your elected Prime Minister from office before the end of his term, and in particular, before December 2015. Tony Abbott was removed from office by a Malcolm Turnbull-led faction in Australia before December 2015, at which point the government then led by Malcolm Turnbull, the newly won Prime Minister, because he didn't go through an election, it was a, it was a deal made in the party room, where he got enough Liberal Party members to stab Tony Abbott in the back and chuck him out of office. Malcolm Turnbull became the Prime Minister. And just before December, December, the December signing of this agreement, he came into office, he went over to Paris, and he signed the agreement. <laughs> Literally the exact thing that Moncton said would happen. In both cases. The Conservative government that's, that didn't want to sign the agreement in Paris would be removed before the signing of the agreement. They did. And Tony Abbott, the Turnbull-led faction, in conjunction with the UN, would try to remove Tony Abbott before the signing of agreement in December. They did. They did. There you have it. Isn't that wild? <laughs> I'll make sure that that clip is in the show notes just like every other clip we refer to tonight and every article. Uh, sorry about the false start earlier. Thank you so much for your patience. If you do listen to the podcast later on, you won't even know that happened. I just spliced the two two videos together. It's like fucking magic, man. It's magic. I don't even have a producer or nothing. Probably should get one, though, because then we wouldn't have those kinds of fuck-ups, I guess. Anybody know a producer? You have to work on the cheap. All right, I've got a fun little article here for you. Since we're dealing with tolerance, ladies and gentlemen, it's about time. Kellogg's, everybody's favorite breakfast cereal company, Kellogg's is launching an LGBT-themed cereal so you can start your day with maximum gay. That's just what I've always wanted. Just what I've always wanted. Man, I feel like sucking a dick this morning. How about you? <laughs> Wait, before I ate the cereal, I was fine. I was a normal heterosexual male. I was looking at the page three girls in the tabloid. Next thing you know, I've got a bowl of crunch. It's like, take me straight to the sports section. I've got to see some boys in shorts. 
If you're a fan of breakfast and being gay, <laughs> just a reminder, if you want to call into the show, um, just head into the waiting room in the Discord. You know how to get there. And we'll get you on the show. I've got it right up in front of me this time. There'll be no there'll be no fuck ups, I assure you. If you're a fan of breakfast, who's a fan of breakfast? People enjoy breakfast. They like breakfast. Some people don't like breakfast at all. Is anybody a fan of breakfast? Like, do you walk around with a little sign? Yay, breakfast. Maybe when you're five. We have great news for you. Kellogg's is launching an LGBT-themed cereal. The free market at work. Gay flakes, says proud of my vote. The company's special edition all-together cereal. All-together. So it's an orgy cereal, really. Put your keys in the cereal bowl, children. It is enough to make you snap, crackle, and pop with pride, bringing together many of the brand's most popular cereals. The company announced a $50,000 donation to LGBT plus advocacy charity GLAAD as it launched the cereal for Spirit Day on October 17. Spirit Day. Oh. I did, did you know that Spirit Day was a thing? I hope I'm not offending people who celebrate Spirit Day, but I had no idea of your beliefs. I didn't know there was such a day. Do we give each other presents on Spirit Day? Are there any Spirit Day rituals? How do we express our love on Spirit Day? These are all the things I want to... It reminds me of the The Simpsons when they come up with Love Day. You know, we've got this whole blank page on the calendar that's not making any money for the crappy little gifts and the and the gift card makers. We need to come up with something like Love Day, but not as stupid. And next thing, next scene is like, Happy Love Day, everybody. So now we've got Spirit Day. We've got a day for everything. The not get this is this is the most offensive part. I'm not offended by this whatsoever. I mean, if you want to have a gay cereal box, fucking go for it, man. I don't care. I don't. I, I genuinely don't care. If you think you can make money selling gay cereal, go for it. Fine by me. Just, just don't tell people who don't buy the gay cereal that they're bigots. That's one thing. Let people choose on their own if they want to have gay cereal or not. But here's the offensive part. The $19.99 special edition box. Available while supplies last. You better get it. They're running. They're jumping off the shelves. You better get in quick, guys. The $20 cereal isn't going to be around forever. <laughs> I bet you they just have a whole warehouse full of this shit that isn't going anywhere. It's probably like five years out of date and they keep changing, scratching the date off and printing a new one. Yeah, it's cereal. Nobody will know. Tastes like cardboard anyway with sugar on it. What's the fucking difference? $20 box of cereal. Contains six mini cereal boxes packaged inside one larger exclusive altogether box to celebrate the belief that we all belong together. Ah, isn't it lovely? So there isn't anything specifically different about the cereal. Like they haven't come up with like little penises or something. They haven't done anything specifically gay for the cereal. They've just put all the other little cereals into a bigger box and (laughs) shoving them all in the same box, by the way. The lesbians and the gays and the buyers and the trans. All in one box. That's fine. They'll get on fine. Don't worry about it. And then just putting a little bit of a rainbow arrangement on the front of the cereal box. And then slapping a $20 price tag on the shit. <laughs> I know Now, I know that gay men seem to have, at least this is the stereotype, 
they seem to have lots of uh, you know expendable income because they don't have children or anything. So, you know, they, they, they've got lots of money bursting out of their wallets. They like to go clubbing. They like to buy expensive shoes. If television hasn't lied to me, that is. Television might be perpetuating a false gay narrative. Television has us believing that gay men do nothing but go to nightclubs, take copious amounts of narcotics, dress up in expensive clothes, dance the night away, and have anonymous sex with each other in back alleys. That's what they're telling us. They drive expensive cars. They have expensive watches. They live in studio apartments in Manhattan. So if all of that is true, then fine. I can understand charging $20 for a cereal. But who's paying 20 bucks for a fucking box of cereal, man? You'd have to be a big fan of breakfast if you're willing to go that far. The box includes cornflakes, Frosties, Fruit Loops, Rice Krispies, Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran's got to be the least gay of those cereals, I think. And Frosted Mini Wheats. Kellogg's is firmly committed to equality, ladies and gentlemen. Then why are you charging $20 for a box of cereal? Poor people can't buy it now. Good job. Chief Diversity Officer Priscilla Correnting said, At Kellogg, we are a family committed to equality and inclusion in the workplace, marketplace, and in the communities where we work and live. Uh, We have long been allies and supporters of LGBTQ employees, their families, and the community. For more than 100 years, Kellogg has nourished families so they can flourish and thrive. And the company continues to welcome everyone at the table. Yes, Fruit Loops are in the box. Yes, very observant audience today. (laughs) Wait, Fruit Loops? Yes! Could have just had the Fruit Loops. That could have been enough. I mean, they're already rainbow coloured. Just call them Fruitier Loops. Um, John McCord of GLAD said, We are proud to partner with Kellogg's again this year to help extend the important message of Spirit Day to households across the country. Isn't it wonderful that uh, the big anti-corporatist civil rights movements are now directly in bed with the corporations themselves? Don't you find that fascinating? Remember how once upon a time the corporations were evil for perpetuating toxic capitalism, for perpetuating heteronormative stereotypes in order to make money and they were ignoring large sections of the gay community? Who knew all it took for a corporation to become a good guy was to slap a rainbow on their cereal box and charge 20 fucking dollars for it? Oh, we love Kellogg's now. Kellogg's is very inclusive. Kellogg's is a big supporter of the gay community. Why? Because they sell a box of cereal once a year and charge 10 times the price for it? Are you insane? You th- you think this is support? They're not supporting you. They're milking you. They're taking money off suckers. That's what they're doing. Well, I just think it's a wonderful gesture. Do you, do you need a cereal <laughs> to make your life complete? Look how these corporations are just routinely screwing these people. Starbucks, for example. Remember the whole Starbucks thing where they kicked the two black guys out because they were loitering? <clears throat> Next thing you know, they had to go like they had to go way over the top and say, we're not going to kick anybody out for any reason whatsoever, essentially. And it took them about three days to reverse that. They reversed that decision, but that wasn't that wasn't front page news like the original decision was. That was kind of like tucked away on page nine somewhere at the bottom in the footnotes. I had a guy come in my chat and literally compare Starbucks with apartheid South Africa when that story broke out. It was unbelievable. 
I laughed my ass off. I had another guy come in and say, it's nice to see these corporations doing so much to change the world. And I said, because remember Starbucks, they had to have the the inclusion training of their, you know, the tolerance training of their staff. And they gave somebody a free coffee and all was forgiven. Like It's like the Justin Trudeau thing all over again. You just do one token gesture and these people are such suckers. They will fall over themselves to praise you and lavish praise upon you. And then just hand over money. They will throw money at you. As long as you do one little token gesture here and there. Because I've got news for you. The corporations who do this shit, they don't really believe in it. They're doing it to make money. If they were losing money, then they wouldn't be doing it. If if it was more popular to say, to come out with an, you know, I hate gays breakfast cereal, that's exactly what they would have. <laughs> But they do it to do the you know, nice little promo because for the majority of people they're not paying attention, and the other the the other bunch of the people they don't find it offensive. They don't particularly care because it's a box of cereal, and the little blogs and the little internet websites do their little promo pieces, and Kellogg's can whack, uh, you know, up on their website that we support X community, and X community will jump for joy and think that they're an ally in some kind of civil rights struggle. Because they sell one box of cereal for 20 bucks. And they'll go around praising them on Twitter, talking about what a progressive company it is and how much they care about them. It's patronizing. But they don't care. They roll along with it. They love it. So I had this guy in my chat talking about the Starbucks thing and he was so happy that they were making a change. He was clearly of the progressive persuasion. And I was giving him, you know, the real communist stand like line, which was to say, why are you praising an international corporation? Aren't international corporations the, the enemy here? And he's like, oh, no, but they're doing their best. And I'm like, they're doing their best? What kind of a fucking communist are you, man? What do you, what do you even call this? You, you put communists to shame. They're rolling in their grave listening to this. Oh, no, oh, don't be like that. It's important for companies to show a conscience. I'm like, what, by putting up one day of inclusivity training? Next thing you know, they're fucking Rosa Parks. Have, have a little shame. Don't you have any pride in your movement at all? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The guy ended up apologizing to me and leaving the chat. So the Starbucks came out and said, oh, we're going to hire more African-American people. We're going to hire more African-Americans. And he's like, good. It's about time they hire more African-Americans. I'm like, no, shouldn't you be advocating that the store gets shut down because it's a racist apartheid store? Well, I think that's going a little too far. And I'm like, so now the communists are defending the corporations. Do you see how your brain has been twisted into a pretzel? And he was like, oh, look, have a good day, comrade. We'll have to agree to disagree. And, and out he went. Possibly to go buy a Starbucks at a box of cereal. It's fucking pathetic. The, the communists these days, they're in the pockets of the corporations. They don't even know it. They've become the, the corporation's PR firm, the unofficial PR firm of the corporations that they purport to hate so much. They love them. Love the big corporations, as long as they charge $20 for a box of cereal every now and then and put some rainbows on the shit. Talk about principles. Tell you what, since we're on tolerance, this one's a little risky, but let's do it anyway. Let's go for it. I've had this, I've had this video for a couple of weeks. Oh, one more thing on the cereal, by the way, while we're at it. I almost forgot. 
here's the other thing that I was thinking about too. Do you know how people constantly talk about the cereal companies targeting children in their advertising? And how we need to ban cereal, we need to ban sugar, we need to regulate the amount of sugar in uh, the cereal boxes because it's targeting children and it's causing the obesity epidemic, right? I'm like, okay, cereal boxes obviously have a lot of power in society. They're making the kids fat and they're making them addicted to sugar. What happens when a gay cereal box comes out? (laughs) Oh, no, no, that's different. This is about promoting inclusion. Ah. (laughs) So the sugar-filled cereal boxes, which you need to regulate, which you need to ban, which you need to cancel, you need to regulate the advertising of cereal because it's targeted towards children and they make the the images and the writing on top of the, on the cereal boxes specifically targeted to children so children will annoy their parents when they're walking through the supermarket. I want that one, I want that one, and, it, and it's got all of the sugar in it. On that case, nah, we need to do something about it. If the cereal box happens to be promoting, you know, gay culture and gay lifestyle and inclusion and all that stuff, nah, it's a good thing. We don't want to regulate that. It's good that we're targeting the children. <laughs> We should be targeting the children. Children are homophobic by design and we need to retrain them. <laughs> maybe that's the maybe that's what we should do. We should have gay cereal boxes all the time but just take all of the sugar out. Then it's going to be a really then it's going to be a toss up for the kids. They're going to be very confused. Well, I want to promote inclusion and I want to show, you know, the LGBT community that I am in favor of them, you know, having equal rights and recognition but I don't want to eat something that tastes like shit. So I'm like, eh. I think we should do both. Promote healthy lifestyles by taking the sugar out and promote gay lifestyles by putting rainbows on the box. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, we're confusing the kids enough as it is. We may as well go right for the whole hog. We may as well go for the finish line strong, bring this thing to a shuddering halt. So I've had this video in the inbox for a couple of weeks. And I have to share it with you. It's very interesting. It's called My Dad's Big Boobs and Me. Since we're talking about inclusion, inclusivity and tolerance here tonight, celebrating the election of Jamal Trudeau up there in Canada, cold America. Uh, let's have a look at my dad's big boobs. <laughs> this is one This is one for the boys. This is one for the lads. I asked myself this question, do I ever want to be perceived as male? And the answer was an immediate no. Hey! (laughs) Hello! Nice tits, bro! (laughs) He went from... He was in the... uh, She was in the Air Force before. So again, all of those stereotypes about flyboys start kicking in, don't they? What a, what a rack on this guy. Fantastic. <laughs> that was just too real. I'm still her father. I'm just a woman and a dad. <laughs> so if you miss that, um, this person is saying, I'm still her father because he this person has a daughter. They have a daughter. And they are saying, what's what's the big deal here? It's not confusing at all. I'm still her father, but I'm also a woman and a dad. <laughs> uh, I would just like to take this opportunity to promote LGBTQ cereal. If you've got a if you've got a hankering, if you've got a, a hunger itch that needs to be scratched, 
head down to the store. Um, don't pick up the diapers. Don't pick up the medicine. Spend your hard-earned $20 on a box of altogether cereal from the good people at Kellogg's. Because we need, we need to make sure that the kids get the right idea about the LGBT community. We don't want to confuse them. I am a caregiver for my partner, Melissa. My boobs are 2,200 cc's. I sometimes wonder... 2,200 cc's. It sounds like a motorbike, doesn't it? If I want to go bigger... You have to kickstart that bra. So these are my hormones. This is a, a testosterone blocker that a lot of trans women end up on. It helps us increase our estrogen levels. That's good. Yep. Trying to get the T out and the E in. I mean, if you're going to walk around with a set like that, you need to make sure that your estrogen levels are high enough to not complain about them. Like super high. They need to be through the roof. It's been about a year and a half that I've been taking my hormones. I oh. am planning on getting bottom surgery. Basically, you have the testicles removed. My doctor has mm. told me if I get those removed, she can probably lower my dosage of testosterone blockers or take me off it completely. And less medication. Is yes, people in the chat are saying back pain. And I've heard that complaint before from women who are, you know, amply breasted that there's a whole lot of downsides that comes along with you know, these attention grabbers, that being, um, you know, the back pain, uh, not being able to sleep properly on your stomach, stuff like that, hard to find brassiers that fit you, hard to fit into shirts and dresses and stuff. They're always getting in the way. Difficult to play pool, I've heard, funnily enough. But ladies, let's be honest here. Don't you think that uh, this person is much better off being able to, you know, cleavage their way out of a out of a parking ticket, for example, <laughs> when this guy gets pulled over by like the state trooper for going five five mile an hour over the limit? Wouldn't you just drop a little cleavage out the side window? You don't really have to give me a, a ticket, do you, officer? You never know. Maybe it's all just a ploy is of course always preferred I, th I think she's definitely going to get out of a parking ticket here and there it might not be for the cleavage maybe the maybe the the you know the traffic warden just won't want to approach her It'll just be, uh, you know what just just go that's fine you're free to go <laughs> hurry home <laughs> and yeah i have zero attachment to those girls so <laughs> nick in the chat 2.2 liters is not a bra size <laughs> you know i'm a big girl so i just like down them all at once <laughs> it just changed everything in a way that i could never have anticipated it has made a world of difference in the way i feel yeah this is great my name is maxine maxine montoya hello maxi baby maxine's on instagram by the way You'll be pleased to know. I am a transgender woman. Put up all your photos, all the happy snaps. There's a lot of cleavage in these photos. I, I get the feeling that um, people who are born male and then become female, like it seems to me just by taking in this kind of uh, media on YouTube and whatnot, um, they're very keen to show the world, you know, what it means to be a woman. They, they definitely want to get the women features out there as much as possible. Sometimes I wonder if, uh, you know, individuals who were born female might get a little upset at this. Like, I've often wondered, the people who have a moustache all year round, 
do they look at guys who grow a mustache just in November? You know how they call it Movember for charity? Grow a mustache in November for charity. Do the guys who have a mustache 12 months of the year walk around during Movember and look at all of these guys who have just got a mustache for that month and think to themselves, fucking tourists. They don't really mean, they don't really, they're not really committed to the Mo lifestyle. <laughs> Someone in the chat saying they're jealous <laughs> of this person and their breasts. <laughs> Please move on to another story. We've barely started, Nick. And I am a veteran of the United States Air Force. Because I want you, to, I want you to meet the the child, the uh, the dependent in this relationship, because the father mother has a child and they have a story too. So we shouldn't we need to know about this because we were talking about the um the LGBT serial. So this is important stuff. Kids need to know. My mother really wanted me to join the military. I was raised in a very sheltered, conservative household. Oh, it's always the story, isn't it? It's always the story. Well, you know, I was raised in a very sheltered life, a very conservative, sheltered family. And uh, I think, you know, there was a lot of suppression about who I am. My parents didn't really respect, uh, you know, the, the spark that was in me, the difference that was in me. That was a very oppressive, suppressive, awful, awful relationship to come up in. But for every, uh, you know, transgender person on YouTube who says that they were raised in a conservative family, there are a whole bunch of children raised in conservative families who just grew up to be Donald Trump voting racists and bigots, apparently. <laughs> More often than not, I think you'll find when it comes to the raising of people who eventually go down this path, I don't think their political affiliation is as much conservative as it would be the other. Just just putting that out there. If we took if we took a snap poll, for example. Where's Afghanistan? Honestly don't have very served in Afghanistan fond memories of my experiences there. I was in Served in Afghanistan probably won't be going back anytime soon, I suspect. A culture that did not accept me. This picture one of the last pictures of me before i committed to my transition and i wasn't happy god what is this you can see it i can see it so my boobs they are tell us about the boobs 2200 cc's each that's it's each wow so that's 44 cc's somewhere in the neighborhood of a 42 double J. I couldn't be happier with the nice. results that I got from my breast augmentation. I bet. Looking good, bro. Why this big? I see this as something empowering. That exaggeration of the feminine ah, and see? what it represents. The exaggeration of the feminine. I think it's empowering. <laughs> Isn't this sexism? Ladies, take this, take this, take this little, uh, you know, incidental example and put it to one side. If a guy says that a chick with big tits, it's empowering for women to exaggerate the feminine. You know, it puts women in a position of power to have big breasts. If a man said that, would would it be like, oh, what a sexist pig, what an ogler? <laughs> you know what I mean? How dare he? How dare this individual? 
You know, women with small breasts have can be just as empowered as far as I'm concerned. Thank you very much. But if you're a man who gets big breasts implanted, then it's a different story. Then it's like you're living the dream, right? Now I know how all of those models felt. Now I know how that cheerleader felt when she came of age and started prancing around in low-cut tops, how all the boys looked at her. Now, me, I know the feeling too, and it's empowering. I can get free drinks. I can talk my way out of a ticket. I've got it all, baby. I am an empowered, exaggerated female, and I'm loving life. I think it's fantastic. Bob Ross always talks about it being relaxing. Yeah, I kind of feel that it's a way of me expressing my femininity in a way that's right up front and really obvious. <laughs> I thought this was wrong. It's so hard to keep up. So a man who gets breasts can express their femininity by getting ridiculously oversized breasts and showing them off whenever possible. If a man says, I like it, I think it's empowering when women get oversized breasts and show them off as often as possible, that man is an awful creature, a sexist pig, a misogynist. Very arcane views about femininity. But if the man books himself in for a boob job and then walks out looking like this, all of a sudden everyone's like, yes, yes, finally, somebody gets it. Somebody understands. This is tolerance. This is great. I love this. When I started cross-dressing, I was still in the military. <laughs> the way they wanted their men to be. In the Air Force. In the Air Force. <laughs> Not the Navy. The Navy boys are very happy that they've been overlooked for this one. The Navy guys are all breathing a sigh of relief, going, oh, it's the Air Force. Those fly boys, I tell you, they're worse than us. I don't know how the, I don't know how the meme got started that we're behind all this. Behave was very specific, and... I was not at all that kind of person. Like if I was Mia's age now, okay. with all the information that's... This is the key. Now, what I want you to think very carefully about what I'm about to show you. Consider what we discussed when it comes to the LGBTQ cereal that cost $20 a box, which is insane. And, you know, people complain that cereal boxes are marketed towards children and we need to regulate it and we need to regulate sugar and stuff because the kids want cereal too much. It's like, okay, fine. But now we have LGBTQ cereal boxes. Okay, good. So who's that marketed towards? I'm not sure. Maybe Air Force personnel. So you have to put that, you know, store that in your mind. The next thing that you're going to hear, a friend of mine is a very respected psychologist who works with children. Now, you can have your views about psychology, and I have some too, but this is a very highly regarded uh, individual who is a professional in this field. I sent this video to them, and I said, I want you to tell me what you think about this situation and what you think about the daughter of this person, you know, and what, 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 what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see this kind of situation? And this person who deals with, like, troubled children and stuff, you'll probably be unsurprised to know they're not conservative either, by the way, before anybody wants to jump on that bandwagon, as left as they come, voted lefty their whole life, a very passionate lefty who gets involved in left-wing politics, right? So just put that to one side, very pro-gay marriage, pro-LGBTQ, the whole lot. 
sign them up for every social movement you can. When I showed them this video, the message I got back was, this is very concerning and this is very troubling and this is not right. This is not good because listen very carefully to the story about the child. It's available now on the internet. I probably would have done this a lot sooner. She came out when she was nine because she was surrounded by so many positive influences. Alexa, Whoa. turn off the kid. The daughter came out as bisexual at the age of nine because she was surrounded by so many positive influences. So the question I asked with all humility, because I could be wrong, the question I asked my friend was, is it wrong for me to think that a nine-year-old, like not understanding their sexuality, because isn't bisexual being attracted sexually to both genders? Or at least two kinds of genders. It's hard to keep up. But isn't, you know, gay is being attracted to a member of the same sex, right? Bisexual is being attracted to male and female. Why is, how could it be that a nine-year-old is sexually attracted to anyone? If that's how we define bisexual, as sexual attraction to both sexes, how can a nine-year-old come out as anything? Right? Like, is that a wrong question to ask? Because I'm now looking forward to the time when people say, well, if we're talking about people coming out as bisexual when, when they are literally small children, that person then being called a bigot for not understanding that children are sexual beings or something along those lines, right? Because how can a child be bisexual if you don't already classify children as having, you know, sexual thoughts, as, having, as being sexually attracted to other people? Then you get into this dark area, don't you? Get into this murky area. Because I took it at face value. Well, it's not about sex. We're not sexualizing children here. Nobody's in favor of sexualizing children. Definitely not. But then, of course, children are coming out, quote unquote, as being sexually attracted to people. But we're not sexualizing children. It's nothing to do with that. It's about inclusion. It's about happiness. It's about tolerance. It's about, you know, expressing yourself. So I asked this of my friend, who, again, has got about 30 years' experience in the field of child psychology, and said, short answer, they're not. Children are not sexually attracted to people. Not in the same way that a, you know, a formed or at least forming uh, adolescent brain is. Nine? No. Doesn't happen. Not possible. So I'm like, well, then how does a nine-year-old come out as bisexual? The, the response I got was something along the lines of, well, obviously because of the, all the positive influences at home. Positive influences. Scary stuff. Let's keep on the tolerance theme, shall we? Thank you so much for joining us. I saw, uh, saw Mersh come into the chat on YouTube. I just want to say, if you're not following uh, Nightwave Radio, you absolutely should. I watch Nightwave when I start work, which is about four hours after. I very rarely get to watch Nightwave live. But 
it's funny. I never really got into YouTube much except for the, the corporate mainstream channels. If you want a gateway drug into the really, <laughs> the, the, the lol cows and the some of the more off-kilter shit that's happening on YouTube, because let me tell you, there's a lot of freaks on here. A lot of freaks on here. So if you want, if you want a little, uh, like I said, a gateway drug into that world, then follow uh, Nightwave Radio on YouTube, because Mersh will bring up all of these characters. <laughs> You're like, well, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I didn't even know most of these people existed, but paradoxically, the more I know about them, the less I want to know. And Mersh has been waging his own battle with some elements of the quote-unquote comedy scene for a while. And Royce as well on ROTC, like I said at the start of the show. And it's something, like I said, if you want to support comedy without conditions, then you need to support shows like that. If you don't want to support comedy without conditions, if you want, you know, government-approved comedy, social media-approved comedy, then by all means, don't support people like that because that's exactly what you'll get. The unfunny, bland, beige, boring menagerie, which makes nobody laugh. Back to tolerance, though. Police investigating hate crime after transgender woman turned down for porn role because she has a penis. Very stunning young person. Cops are investigating a hate crime after... Why why stop at porn? Could definitely be selling dishes, selling vacuum cleaners or something, working in a, you know, a used car lot. I think you should aim higher than porn. Let's be honest here. There's a very photogenic face. Cops are investigating a hate crime after a a transgender woman was turned down for a porn role because she has a penis. Now, I can understand a hate crime potentially being turned down for a transgender person. Just say you're a transgender accountant and you have, you, you are so good at maths. You make Asian children cry and you go in there and you're going through the books and you're like, bang, 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 tax here, 5%, 25% overhead. We need to cut this much expenditure. Oh, look at this loophole I've just discovered. You're an accounting wizard. And then somebody in the office discovers that, you know, buried deep within your pantaloons, there's a little pee-pee that pops out to say hello when you're in the changing room. I could understand then if you were fired for that, even though you're really good at your job, well, we might have a case of discrimination on our hands. The fact that this individual has a penis doesn't make them any less of an accomplished accountant. So it's probably not something that we should, you know, turf them out for. In fact, if I ran a business and I found out that my whiz-bang accountant was hiding a penis, then I I would say, well, is are you, is this going to affect your bookkeeping in any way, shape or form? No? Great. Then you can, you can piss in the men's room for all I care. If you're going to save us from the tax man, that's fine. I'm happy with that, <laughs> you know? But when we're talking about porn, we are talking about an industry that is kind of niche in, in so much as the people who log on or, you know, download a particular porn movie say, I don't know, you know dog, dogging blonde woman on street corner, for example. Let's, let's say that. That might be a porn title out there. And then, you know, when the pants come down, Mr. Winky comes out and makes an appearance. Then that might be, I think I'm within my right as a, as a porn director at that point to say, well, no, I'm actually looking for a vagina for this scene. 
Um, I could put you onto some, you know, transgender porn producers, but that's not what we do here. See, our customers are very much looking for the gash. <laughs> they want the punane. Uh, they're not going to be, you know, inspired to purchase more products if they see a penis on the on the on the program. I'm watching the numbers in Periscope just go flat through the ground. Don't worry, I'm I'm going to keep going until this hits zero. I'm committed, committed to this. This is important. This is the Tolerance Super Show. So show some tolerance, you bigots. What you don't want to hear about porn actresses uh, registering hate crimes because they have a penis? What is wrong with you? Don't you understand the struggle? Rhea Cooper, who became Britain's youngest trans person when she transitioned 10 years ago, says an anonymous photographer, uh, f- photographer, photographer messaged her saying he wanted them to have sex on camera and then sell the resulting porno. But when he found out Rhea still has male reproductive organs, he immediately redact- retracted the offer. My God. Goodness gracious. In messages exchanged over WhatsApp, the photographer claimed he couldn't work with her, quote, because she has a cock. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would love to hire you to have sex with you. You know, I would love to hire you to have sex with you in your vagina. But as it turns out, you have a penis. So it's kind of like, this isn't going to work. I didn't know. Sorry. Sorry. To, sorry. I wasted your time. Didn't end there, though. Rhea has hit out at the transphobic behaviour and says she's being unfairly discriminated against in her modelling career. The woman from Hull, East Yorks, has reported the comments to Humberside Police, which is investigating the incident as a hate crime. Yes. It's a hate crime, folks. (laughs) It didn't sound like it didn't sound like he hated her. Didn't sound like hate to me. It was just like, nah, I, I kind of really need a vagina for this scene. I'm looking for a vagina for this one. Sorry. Cock's not going to look good on film. Two cocks rubbing against each other. It's not going to make it. Uh, Proud of my vote says, name late night YouTube comedian again, please. Uh, just look for Nightwave Radio on YouTube. I'd put a link in the Periscope, but it doesn't let me put links in Periscope. So Nightwave Radio on YouTube. And 10 p.m. Eastern with Mersh. The qualified beauty therapist has now transitioned to a... Rhea, who was, assigned, who was assigned male at birth, struggled with how the hormones she w- was prescribed changed her and shortly after her 18th birthday decided to live as a man. But then that only lasted a short amount of time, you see. The qualified beauty therapist has now transitioned to a woman and has opened a hair and beauty salon to help other transgender people. Hey, we've just found a job for Jessica Yanev. Yes. Fantastic. See, capitalism wins again. This is a very inspiring story for me. Rhea says the man got in touch with her after she released her new glamour modeling portfolio online. <laughs> Peter Shea in the chat. Quit being a bigot and gobble your girlfriend's penis. I, I Somebody will have that uh, interaction. I think it was on a YouTube chat. I don't even know if it was real or not. It looked set up to me just for the lols. But there's an interaction on YouTube that's been going around for the last few years. You'll, If you know it, you'll know the one I'm talking about where somebody's asking um, if I'm not attracted to a penis, does that make me homophobic? And they're saying, well, yes, because it's the it's the penis of a woman. So that means you're a misogynist too, and it's just like an it, it's an all-consuming, confusing shit show. 
where the where basically unless you're willing to have sex with anybody regardless of genitalia then you're either a bigot or you're homosexual or you hate women and it doesn't matter the woman can have a penis that makes you a misogynist if you don't have sex with her that's it's next level don't i love the fact that we're clearing this up for the children Rio, who was a sign male but you know i'm just i'm just i'm still her father i just happen to be a woman and also a dad Rhea, who was a sign male at birth. Oh, we've read that bit. Rhea says the man got in touch with her after she released her new glamour modeling portfolio online. He apparently told her the industry was like a family and vowed to help her make her way to the top of it. They're taking you right to the top, baby. Then the photographer told Rita he had just been informed by a friend that she is transgender before saying Playboy won't accept that. Those bigots at Playboy. Those bigots at Playboy aren't interested. Flashing a little testy from time to time lord knows we're all sick of vaginas by now we're all sick of vaginas maybe a little bit of penis in the pages of playboy is just what the doctor ordered or our big breasted uh, friend who used to be in the air force Rhea has described the comments as discriminatory and appalling comparing the abuse to that of a racist that's the other delicious thing when it comes to all of this stuff isn't it <laughs> because now you have people saying that if you don't want to have sex with me because you're attracted to women with vaginas and not women with penises, that's basically like calling me an N-word, right? That's it's, it's the same thing. Like everything is now being equated to racism. Have you noticed that? Whether you're Fredo on CNN, well, that's the same as calling me a Negro. Or if you're a woman who has a penis and somebody doesn't want to fuck you, that's the same thing. You may, as, you may as well be putting on blackface. One day you could be the Prime Minister of Canada. It's all the same now. It's all the same insult. I'm sure this makes the, uh, you know, the racism activists very happy to know that they've been lumped in with very attractive ladyboys. She calls herself a ladyboy, by the way. It says on her profile that she's a ladyboy, just in case you were wondering. How many CCs are her testicles? Good question. Transgender waxing salons, yes. And there you have it. A hate crime, ladies and gentlemen. Proposing to a woman that you'll have sex with her on camera and then sell the resulting video as a porno online only to find out, only to have your dreams scarpered by finding out that the lovely young lady that you're approaching anonymously online in order to proposition her for sex indeed has a penis. You instruct her that you're not interested in penises and you're just looking for uh, legitimate lady parts. You can now be hauled in front of a court and answer, had to an, have to answer for your hate crime, your discriminatory hate crime. Once upon a time, we only used to take, like, say, Herman Goering or Slobodan Milosevic and drag them off to The Hague to answer for their hate crimes. Now you can be a porn producer. Isn't it great? It's about time we cleaned up this town. Uh, how long have we been going? Oh, we're getting up there. Tell you what. Uh... Ooh, it's a toss-up. One more. I think one more. All right, we'll do this one. Oh, actually, just one quick one before we go. <laughs> I need to show you this. Man forced to pay child support despite DNA proving uh, he is not the father. Yeah, and then all of that was, was ripped away in an instant. A First Coast man is in a fight with the state of Florida over... What the fuck is going on in Florida? Court-ordered child support for a child he has proof isn't his. 
I don't want to keep reliving what I've already had to go through. Now, this is a horrible story. Isn't his. We might we might replay this in full tomorrow night. This is a horrible story, but I couldn't help but he has notice. Proof. Why can't isn't I pause? He? Why can't I pause where I want to pause? That was a great... Okay. This is a horrible story where a guy has to pay child support even though a DNA test proves that he's not the father. But all I could think about when I was watching this clip, despite the heart-wrenching tale, was this guy. Remember this guy? <laughs> this guy is Lucky from King of the Hill. I think we have just found the real-life Lucky from King of the Hill. Look at that. He's a dead ringer. It's uncanny. Look at him. <laughs> let's, let's tell you what, let's do this. Costco one day and all of a sudden the nature called. Yelled, it's more like it. So I hightailed <laughs> into the john and there's some sensitive guy changing his little boy's diaper on one of them baby ironing boards. And don't you know I slipped on PP and broke two vertebrae which had to be fused together? I'm in constant pain, but by God, I got me a $53,000 settlement. It's lucky. That, that is Lucky from King of the Hill. Uh, lucky. Why do they call you Lucky? True story. I was at Costco one day and all of a sudden the nature called. Yelled, it's more like it. So I hightailed it into the john and there's some sensitive guy changing his little boy's diaper on one of them baby ironing boards. And don't you know I slipped on PP and broke two vertebrae which had to be fused together? I'm in constant pain, but by God, I got me a $53,000 settlement. Well done, Lucky. Well done. Lucky's finally made it, but now he's having to answer. Now he's having to pay child support for children that aren't by his. Uh, side by side, I could probably figure it out, but I'm too much of a boomer. So there you have it. Lucky from King of the Hill. I'll do that story more properly tomorrow. More properly. I'm on a roll tonight. We've had to restart the stream. Talking like a moron. I think I need more beer. Mm. Thank you for joining us. For the first and last time, you're listening to The Daily Boogie. If you're on Facebook, you've probably already given up by now. Uh, one more story. What the fuck is going on in Florida? Three children, 245 animals removed from deplorable Florida home. A Trump supporter. Excellent. Five, three kids found in an Edgewater home that had more than 200 animals inside. <laughs> an officer saying the conditions the kids were living in were, quote, the absolute worst. Now three the people kids. are facing animal cruelty and child neglect charges. Oh, and just dear. minutes ago, one of them walked out of jail. News 6's Jerry Askin is live at the Volusia County Jail for us tonight. So, Jerry, first off, the community is stepping up to help these animals at the shelter. <laughs> Fuck the kids, though. <laughs> The community stepping up to help the children. Uh, what are we doing? The community stepping up to help the animals. What are we doing for the children? Well, I've brought them a big bowl of transgender cereal. You'll be pleased to know. Uh, Matt, yes, and it meant so much for those shelter workers who are now trying to help those animals, you know, bounce back. Many who I'm told were covered in feces and just really bad Jesus. conditions. And yes, those kids I've learned are eight, nine, and ten years old now, thankfully staying with other family and their. See. Have you ever had a kid say, I just want to be surrounded by puppies? I just want animals on me all the time. I just want to live amongst the animals. I love the animals. So if you're a parent, just show them this story and say, actually, you don't. It's a it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. You don't want you don't want animals everywhere in every room. You'll be covered in feces. The place will stink. You'll have diseases. It's not good. 
Okay, and in the past 10 minutes or so, Susan Nelson walked out the Volusia County Jail here, and she walked to a bus stop and didn't talk to our cameras. This has been one of the worst things I've ever seen. And you can see here why. A filthy and nasty scene here inside of an Edgewater home. Animal debris all over. Three kids Lovely. and more than 200 animals forced to live like this. Those animals now at shelters trying to recover. How are those animals doing? Um, today they're doing a little better. Um, they, everyone was really dehydrated. Everyone was uh, had no food access. No food, no water for quite some time. I don't understand how someone can devalue a life that much. It's all about the animals, though. They're not talking about the kids. After 50, do you think that you would go, honey, I think we've probably reached our limit. Do you, do you really think we need another bag full of rabbits? Do you really think we need another potato sack full of kittens? I mean, we're running out of room here. 250. Everything from rabbits, mice, pigs, birds, and many more oh, animals. Mice. And today, so on, let's be honest, mice don't really count as animals, do are they? Aren't they pests? Aren't they rodents? So you can't. I don't think you can tally up mice in the 245. Mice, mice are food for animals. You feed mice to snakes and whatnot. And it is Florida. They probably had some snakes. Many generous people dropped off supplies at this Edgewater Animal Shelter trying to help. Out of my own pocket, I picked up dog food, cat food, mm -hmm. uh, cleaning products. Today, Susan Nelson faced the judge in Volusia. Oh, yeah, that looks like a cat lady to me. This is what happens when cat lady goes on unchecked, when the cat lady condition goes into the next stage. Where were her friends? Where were her friends telling her that she has enough animals? Don't you have kids? They're all my children. They're all my children. All 245 of them. I love them all. They all eat at the table. They all shit themselves just like the babies. The county authorities say her husband, Greg Nelson, wanted to break up with her and his girlfriend, Melissa Hamilton, so he called the cops. <laughs> the mice just showed up on their own. <laughs> they weren't part of the family. They were party crashes. So the husband, it's a great scheme to get out of a relationship. Reports say that the husband wanted to break up with her. About time. It only took to, you know, the 87th cat to come rolling in the front door for him to say, that's it, I've had enough. I'm going to find myself a girlfriend, a normal girlfriend, who only has 16 dogs and not 200 of them. And he called the cops on her. They came out Sunday and saw this, and now they're all... <laughs> Someone say, play that again. <laughs> oh, come on, nigga. Nelson faced the judge in Volusia County. Authorities say her husband, Greg Nelson, wanted to break up with her... Greggy Nelson. ...and his girlfriend, Melissa Hamilton, so he called the cops. They came out Sunday and saw this, and now... Oh, yeah! Oh, look at that. My favorite part is on the right-hand side here. Look at the empty whiskey bottle in one of the boxes. <laughs> Surrounded by the animal crap. <laughs> that explains it all. A jug of water and an empty whiskey bottle shoved into a box. It looks like a maker's mark, if I'm not mistaken. I think because I think that would be the wax tip that they put on the top of the maker's mark bottles. And the shape of the bottle, it looks like a maker's mark to me. Not that I'm an expert or anything. 
They're all facing charges for this literal mess. Oh. Neighbors are relieved. Oh. I just feel um, great for the kids and, and the animals. Finally, somebody's worried about the kids. Finally, somebody's worried about the children. Up until this point, all they're talking about is the animals. Fuck the kids. They'll sort it out themselves. The kids don't need us. The mice were a control group, says our cat. Especially the kids. Yes, and once again, Susan Nelson walked out the Belusha County Jail here in the past. And caught minutes, a bus. And she had no words for our cameras. And I just got the prior calls for service for this Edgewater home. I've learned um, authorities have been there five times in really? the past year, but police say they learned about those bad conditions actually yesterday during the. Yesterday? Come on. Come on. No, 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 no. You can't go to this five times and walk out of there and go, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Imagine the noise, the howling and the barking and the screeching. Imagine the stink coming out of the place. Five times the authorities got called to this place with the three kids living in that squalor. I, I love these videos because I'm I'm somebody who thinks, oh, I'm a bit messy. Because I might leave like a pair of socks on the bathroom floor or something. I might forget to put like my, my dirty washing in the basket. Like when I get home from work, I'm somebody when I get home from work, I just rip off my work clothes and chuck them. And I'm like, I don't want to see you again for another 12 hours. Thank you very much. So, so I can be a bit messy like that. And I genuinely, I think it's a male trait. Like I won't see mess like a female sees mess. Apparently if there's a dirty spoon next to the sink, I, I, it, it can be there for a couple of days and I won't notice it because I'm not looking for it. Luckily, I have a wife to point out all of the things that I don't notice and all of the dirty things I do because otherwise I'd just go through life blissfully unaware and very happy. But, but no. <laughs> but thankfully, I have a wife to tell me what a disgusting pig I am. You can't go to that. So I, I love these shows because I really now think I'm really not that bad. I'm like on the upper end of the spectrum when it comes to cleanliness compared to some of these assholes. But you can't go to that five times and think that everything's normal. The dogs will be barking. The kids are probably screaming. Animals running around. The stench. The stink. So somebody has had genuine concerns five times in a 12-month period. The cops go there and wander out going, yeah, it looks all right to me. Looks fine to me. Bullshit. Bullshit. One of the one of the things that they didn't want to deal with, maybe. One of the things is like, meh, ah, what are you going to do? And it wasn't until the uh, ex-husband and the girlfriend or whatever it was called up and said, you need to do something about this. This is horrendous. I've got kids in there. Well, we better snap into action because now it's going to become a social media story. Because once once the lovers are tiffing, once the lovers, lovers are quarreling, you don't know where it's going to end up. It could go viral. So we better put a stop to this. We might get some bad press otherwise. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. What the fuck is going on in Florida? Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you to the new watchers on Facebook and Smashcast. Uh, I promise we'll be back to normal tomorrow. It was a bit random tonight. Very random, in fact with all the breakdowns and the issues and the restarts and whatnot. If you listen to the podcast, you won't even know that we skipped a beat because it's a very professional operation. <laughs> so 
If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me about the stink in the animals and all of the mess that I miss on a daily basis, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTCS, the far right Christian extremist and fundamentalist conspiracy theorist Christopher McDonald at ChrisMC44, and our friend at YCensored underscore, who will be interviewing uh, Shiva, the Indian guy who ran against Elizabeth Warren a couple of years ago. That's all I really know about him, but I know he's pretty smart and worth listening to. So check out at YCensored underscore for that. Uh, until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope to see you then. Uh, Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.